What is up, everybody? It's Dr. Vibe here, host and producer of the award-winning Dr. Vibe show, the home of Epic Conversations. I'm the host of Epic Conversations 2018 award winner in innovation, for innovation, handed out by the Canadian Ethnic Media Association. As always, I'd like to say you're blessed, highly favored, a magnet for miracles, and a solution for someone's problem. I am very jacked tonight because uh, I am co-hosting with a gentleman I've respected for a long, long time when it comes to uh, live streaming. And um, someone in my, our, actually someone we both know said, Kinte wanted to chat with you. And I said, you know what? I want to do some stuff with Kinte. So we are making it happen. Don't know how often it's going to happen, but it's going to happen more than once. Let's put it that way. So it's, uh, it's my honor and pleasure to uh, introduce an ex extensive and great and professional communicator, not a live streamer, communicator, Mr. Kinte Ferguson. How are you, my man? I'm doing great. I am so happy to be here. As you know, I'm a big admirer of your work, and uh, I I consider it a honor and a privilege to uh, be sharing the uh, broadcast space with you. And I'm looking forward to our conversation tonight. I think it's so important for us to have these conversations, and I love that you've always created a platform for it. And it's, uh, um, you know, sometimes... I, you know, things go crazy in the world and we just need that proper place to talk. Right. And uh, before we before I continue, I want to give a shout out to Kiana. Yes. A couple of years ago, we started a show called the Black Empowerment 365 show yep. where I wanted to talk about some of these things in our community. And I was very angry and I wanted to do it from a very angry standpoint and Kiana who balanced me out uh, <laughs> <laughs> kept me from doing that. And I appreciate that. So, uh, so I'm really happy about tonight. Well, uh, I remember when that all started, those conversations started and uh, Kiana has a way of leveling up in a proper way. So uh, Kiana, thank you so much for the lady that you are. And uh, I miss your laughter. I love your laugh. I, you know, I, I haven't mm. heard it for a long time. So, um, I Kente's already said it. I always, always said, anytime you want to jump on, we make room for you in a positive way. Not we're gonna kick anybody out. You've <laughs> earned it. You deserve it. So, anytime you want to jump in, no problem. So, uh, I, I was chatting with Kinte after one one of his great conversations uh, in the last week or so, and I said. What are we gonna call this? Like, what are we gonna call this? And I gave him a title, and Kinte has an interesting sense of humor at time. He said that it, that'd be probably people wouldn't get it, but we're gonna roll with it. And you gotta tell us what you think about it. But we're calling these conversations Black Men from North of the 49th and Black Men from South of the 49th. If people don't get it, the border that divides Canada and the US, I'm in Canada and Toronto, and Kinte's in the US, is a 49th parallel. So that's how I came up with the title. So Great title, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. As the more I live stream, the more creative I get. So that's what we're gonna roll with. If, if you don't like it, we don't mind. If you mm -hmm. like it, we don't mind. You know what's funny about that is when I first started doing podcasting, I had these ideas for these very, you know, intricate titles that you know really had some thought to it. And then I realized that most of the audience if you just call it something very simple 
it you know like if you go too you know if you go too sm slick with it there it, it gets lost so uh but i like this though for the conversations we're gonna have i want i want um this is a great uh, title for it so absolutely because both kentai kentai and i believe that we like to have global conversations we because uh, I can speak for myself. I, I don't. I'm not going to speak for Kinte on this. I've had the opportunity through live streaming to speak with. Uh, we'll pull in our, our good friend uh, Melvin Lars, melanated as you say, melanated people around the world, and and uh, a lot of us have the same challenges, the same thoughts, or even different times of different thoughts. And Kinte provides a great platform, and I hope I do most of the time a great platform for melanated and mel non-melanated people to have thoughts that are applicable to us melanated people. So right. we, I thought two of the hottest topics over the last little while are the NBA in China and the continuing going on of the Amber Geyer case. Because I've not really, especially on the Get Vocal platform, thanks to everyone on Get Vocal, haven't heard too many people really get into it. Right. So we want people to as Mr. Chris Como said, let's get it. Let's get after it. So <laughs> unless your head's been in the sand, the NBA and China ain't having fun lately. You know, many years ago, there was a movie called Hoop Dreams. Well, right. China is hoop nightmare for, for and the NBA right now. So long story short, um, a few weeks ago, well, I think two weeks ago, two Fridays ago tomorrow, we're streaming live on October 17th. Um, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morley, put out a tweet saying, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Oh, didn't go over too well in China. You know, and there's been a lot of protests been going on for, I think, over 20 weeks in Hong Kong right now because in the next few years, yes, happy work week, Keanu. Love to come on. Yeah, the back, NBA is backpedaling. Absolutely. And... Now, you know, a, a lot of things were either canceled or rescheduled They because the NBA had teams playing games in China because it's a big cash cow for the NBA. Money, money, money for the NBA. But as the tour ended of, of many of the teams, there were games and there were no advertisements on the, on the floor. Everything was taken out. It was like a, a no-frills basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're taking down. You're, you know, Canada, you're right up to speed with it. And then uh, a certain gentleman named LeBron James, you may have heard of him, uh, came out and had something to say about it. So we're going to do a screen share on this, and you're going to hear what Mr. James had to say about it. So bear with us. Let's see if we can. Uh oh, we're uh, we're muted. I'm not here to judge um, how the league handled the situation. Um, you know, I just think that, you know, when you're misinformed or you're not educated about something, um, and, and I'm just talking about, um, you know, the tweet itself. You know, you never know the ramifications that can happen. Um, and um, you know, we all seen what that did. Uh, not only did um, for our league. Um, but for all of us in America, uh, for people um, in China as well. And sometimes you have to think through uh, things that you say 
that may cause harm not only for yourself but for for, for the majority of people. And um, I think that's just a prime example. Um, I'll give you a one-on-one -on -one exclusive because you're my guy. <laughs> Um, I think Adam has always been receptive about what the players and the, and the coaches and you know the owners or whoever kind of have comments about our league. Um, and at that particular time, I thought he was very receptive as well. Um, you know, it's a tough situation for Adam as well, um, having to put out a, a, such a fire that he didn't create, um, that he didn't start. Um, so, you know, I, I believe you know uh, it was great for him to come, you know, from Tokyo to come to. Uh, to Shanghai and for him to have a meeting with us and for us to have our opinions and, and what we feel was best uh, going forward, uh, not only for uh, for Adam and the league, but for uh, all of us. Okay, so that's a bit of a, like a, it's about a seven minute press conference that LeBron gave. I That was the core that I wanted to share on the conversation with everybody. Uh, LeBron took a lot of heat for his comments. Right. to the point where yesterday he said he's not saying anything else about it. Now, in Hong Kong, they were burning LeBron James jerseys. And uh, and now I'm living here in Toronto. There was a GoFundMe account started by a group about uh, talking about freedom for, for Hong Kong, and they were selling T-shirts. And the, the first game of the Toronto Raptors is on Tuesday night. They're going to be handing out these T-shirts outside of Rogers Centre. <laughs> so potentially you're going to have the first game of the NBA reigning NBA champions live and you're going to be seeing hundreds maybe thousands of people wearing these t-shirts saying free Hong Kong whatever and that's probably a look that the NBA don't want oh no definitely not 100% <laughs> not so I flapped my gums long enough but Kinte what are your thoughts on this this, this story is not going away you know, what's interesting about this is people are using this uh, conversation to throw um, LeBron under the bus, uh, to throw Steve Kerr, as well as uh, Greg Popovich under the bus, because they've spoken out on matters dealing with the president, uh, displeasure in uh, number 45. They've also spoke out uh, positively when it comes to uh, the conversation about black men being murdered by the police. And so now you have these people in the media saying they're hypocrites because they are not really saying anything about uh, the situation with Hong Kong. And the way I look at it like this is, People in Hong Kong wasn't speaking out about black people getting murdered in the streets. Mm. So, you know, uh, where do they get off saying that LeBron James or anybody has to speak up about that issue? Um, they weren't speaking up in our favor. And to be honest with you, we have so much issues here with our own status that why should they do that? And, you know, so when you hear people say it, and I'm going a, I'm to a call somebody out who's the main person, uh, one of the main people that's, that's talking this is uh, Will Kane on ESPN. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, I drive a lot when he's on the air and I've been listening to him drone on and on 
talking about, uh, you know, LeBron is a fraud. Uh, these all these people are fraud because they didn't speak up for Hong Kong. First of all, most people have no idea really what that situation is. I ain't going to sit here and act like I'm an expert in that situation at all either. But where was these people who speak up about what China's doing in Africa? Mm. You know, how they're putting black people into slavery in Africa and exploiting our country as well. Uh, I mean, I mean, sorry, uh, exploiting our home or, you know, our, our motherland. Uh, so I don't necessarily think that, I mean, I understand, you know, China's a big market. It's a lot of business, you know, billions of people, billions of dollars that are going, that go through China. Um, so I understand, and it, you know, I understand why people would be hesitant to say something. And then also this is, LeBron was correct. And, and just to let people know, I am a Laker fan, but believe me, I, I put like, I put black people before everything. So if he, it doesn't matter that he's a Laker or whatnot. Uh, if he's wrong, he's wrong. Believe me, I call him out. He, he was correct, I feel, in when he said that th it was a selfish thing to do because you have people over there and you have no idea what, how they would react or what they would do. And then remember, because we had the situation with uh, the Ball brother who you know, got in trouble in China. You have to be very careful when you're in these countries. And uh, I think that maybe if he had done it once everybody was back, that would have been fine. But you got to be very careful what you say because one thing that, you know, it can harm, put other people in harm's way. And you had several teams that were there to play games. And, you know, it, it's something that you have to uh, be careful about. But uh, I don't think, I think LeBron was totally right in what he said. Uh, but he, I would say this, he probably shouldn't have said anything because they were waiting to, because they want to discount what he's saying about, about black people being murdered in the streets. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're trying to use that against them. So it's interesting. Um, I've heard different, com obviously, I've heard different commentaries about this. One of the things I've heard said about Le LeBron is that why, you know, you defend um, blacks killed by police and social justice in North America, but you don't say anything to defend social justice of people in Hong Kong. But again, you've said, hey, vice versa. They haven't said anything about what's going on in North America with police shootings either. Right. Right. And their and their uh their record ain't clean. <laughs> you know, their record is bad on us too. So you know, um, it, it's interesting. It's in, it's interesting you mentioned about um the issue about China and Africa. I had a lady on about a week or so ago, Jordana Matalon, and she's a professor, does a lot of studies. She grew up in Africa. And one of the things that caught me off guard was China is definitely going into Africa and taking it over. But Maybe. they're not, they're at the point now, they're not even using Africans to work for their the companies. They're bringing Chinese from China to work in Africa. Raping Africa. They're raping Africa. 
so if he had nothing to say about that uh when asked then i could say something but uh i'm sorry the hong kong versus china situation not my business all right everybody we are back part two of our conversation and i take full blame for it i switched my mic the microphone that i was using during the broadcast so it stopped recording so that's what happened so you know what learn something new every day in regards to that so if you're using get vocal if you're recording do not switch your microphone you're gonna be in big trouble mm -hmm. so getting back to our conversation about uh lebron and nba was do, was the nba in your opinion naive not thinking that this would come up i think so yeah i mean when you get in bed with a place such as china uh because hollywood has learned that as well uh in Hollywood, uh, they've had to learn to rock a fine line because uh, that this kind of stuff could happen. So to think that they were so bulletproof that it couldn't happen um, was definitely naive on their part. It was going to happen eventually, one way or the other. I, I just think Adam Silver is a little—he's recognized as probably the best commissioner of all pro sports, and it's going. How did you not think this guy? Look at all the protests that are going on in Hong Kong. And you know, and you know what? Daryl Morley, if one per he said it, but someone if he didn't say it, someone else probably would have. Right. But I uh, guess go ahead. And I was gonna just say uh I was gonna say that um it came out today that Adam Silver said that uh China had asked him to fire him and he said it was never gonna happen. <laughs> So they said we're not going to even censure him in any kind of way. So wow, yeah. So do, do so do do we think that there'll be any games in future in uh, in China? I think ultimately, so I think what's going to end up happening is on some level they'll through back channels or whatnot they'll work it out to where everything it will be fine. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I understand China, like their whole thing is, you know, they want the respect that they feel like they, they deserve. And I understand where they're coming from. You know, uh, we're going to do business with you, but you're not going to talk about us while you're doing business. So it makes sense from their point of view. I don't agree, obviously, with China, but. Yeah, happy you know. work week is right. Where I'm, which I agree with you, Kiana. It's all about the money, and the money will continue to flow. So, mm -hmm. so I think, and it's no different than like NBA is not different than many uh, worldwide companies that do business with China. Yeah, they said they've lost millions of dollars because of this. You know, like so, it will be interesting to see where this story progresses to next. Uh, it, it's it's very interesting how no other players are saying a thing. I wonder if the um, gag order has been put on by the commissioner. Well, I, I think it is somewhat the gag order, but plus they see what has happened. So they're not, you know, they, they said that uh, just the Lakers alone, players have lost over a million dollars a piece. So uh, that I'm talking about those that had direct business ties over there. Do you think that this is a social justice issue or is it a capitalism issue or both? I think it's both. I think it's both. But, you know. I 
I'm from the standpoint of black people holding their own nuts. And, um, and it's like, you know what? We have to fight for ourselves. And, you know, it's sad and whatever in Hong Kong, but, you know, black folks got to fight for ourselves. And I just love how, why are we the only group that has to speak out for everybody? They don't <laughs> ask no other group to do that. I've never heard the handicap is not asked to speak out. The LGBT isn't asked to speak out. The trans ain't. Only black people have to speak out about everybody. You know, miss me with that. Mm. The oppression continues. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to hold, you got to carry the water for everybody. No, let's carry the water for ourselves. <laughs> you know, so yeah, LeBron. I think it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's. I I, I don't know. Like I think the NBA cannot wait for Tuesday soon enough the start of the season, <laughs> especially the, the. I can't wait. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, LA is going to be the place to be for most of the season, but especially on Tuesday night because you know who's playing on Tuesday night. The only team in LA, the Lakers. <laughs> Against some, I don't know who these guys are. Some team. The Clips. Uh, I never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one team in Los Angeles. Okay. Well, I hope that I don't get anyone from the Clips coming on here and trying to shoot you down, brother. I would tell them. If I met Doc Rivers in person, I would tell him that to his face. <laughs> I respect you. I respect him and his players. They're off. They're wonderful players, and they're you know, and all of that. And he's a great coach. But there's only one team in LA. <laughs> that will never change. I, before we move on to our other conversation piece tonight, mm -hmm. what is what does this incident say about social justice? sports and the black athlete mm -hmm. um it's it's i don't know like i feel like there's a lot of code speak in this and you hear these people who are complaining about people speaking up about human um you know human rights here and then they're trying to have this fake um this fake uh, love for Hong Kong, you know, what I mean, <laughs> like you've never heard them speak up, but now it's almost, you know, it's a lot of code speak. What they're basically saying is, you know, some people don't like the stances that some people have had when it comes to uh, President Trump, right? Mm -hmm. So this is their way of defending him and trying to say that there's some kind of hypocrite, you know, hypocritical thing going on. Uh, excuse me. So social justice, you know, is they're trying to make it a dirty word, like liberal, you know, like remember, I think it was like in the 80s, mainly liberal became like this dirty word and it still stayed yeah. that. And yeah. and then you have now a social justice warrior is, a, a you know, SJW is a dirty word. And uh, so this goes along with that, you know. So if you speak up for social justice, you're the bad person somehow. <laughs> makes absolutely no sense no it doesn't doesn't at all happy work week danny keep on you know we know you're here if you have any comments please share them with us because we love to keep the conversation going 
we're gonna move on to the I guess the other story. Big bad Brad is in the room. Brad, bad Brad, how you doing? Good to see you, my brother. You know uh, what? I was gonna call myself Big Bad Kente, but then Brad came along, so I can't now. <laughs> nah. he, he, I don't want to get sued. Ah. <laughs> I don't think he's that. I don't think that's his style. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's a style. Want to shout out on, <laughs> like the, uh, on the Facebook Live platform, Tiffany Rochelle. Hello, Tiffany. How are things doing? Long time, but I am uh, keeping up with you on uh, IG, and you're doing some, as always, some outstanding stuff, especially for women empowerment. So uh, keep up the outstanding work. We're gonna flip on to our second conversation piece. This one. Wow. <laughs> Where to start with this one? So again, unless you've had your head in the sand, there's been a trial. Well, the trial's finished, but there was a trial recently. <laughs> Happy work with we. You are still life coach Kinte, though. There we go. That's right. <laughs> and Brad says, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, the trial of Botham Jean. And long story short, um, he was a police officer. He was in his apartment one evening, and I don't know if it was his next door neighbor or someone who lives in the apartment building came in. Apartment complex. And, yeah. I don't think he was a police yeah. officer, though. Yeah, and uh, came in and to this a room, opened up the door, said, "Hmm, this is not my place," or thought it was her place, and saw a man in there, and she shot him. Thought he was an intruder. So long story short, trial went on. She was convicted of murder, 10-year sentence, which is one point of contention with a number of people. Then this happened. So let me bring this up on the screen share. Uh, this has been quite another controversial piece. Uh, you're on, oh, okay. You're on mute, by the way. The person. I don't wish anything bad on you. I don't know if this is possible, but can, can I give her a hug, please? Please? Yes. So I don't know what got more heat. The <laughs> going back here, I don't know what got more heat: the ten-year sentence or that. Okay, let me first off by saying this is actually the first time I've seen that video. Oh, um, I'm, I'm. People were telling me about that. That's what happened, and people you know and i had opportunities to see it but it, i was so angry i did not want to look at it i knew it happened 
but I didn't want to see it visually. So that shows you how much I love you, Dr. Vibe. I actually sat through that. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I got to mind me showing it. No, 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 it's fine. Let me first start off by saying all those people who love me out there, whether it be my family, uh, future wife, um, people in this room, if I unfortunately become murdered and any of y'all in any way hug my murderer, if you think Poltergeist was bad, <laughs> I promise you, you will. I will haunt you in the worst way possible. If someone kills me, no love, no forgiveness, no retribution. Uh, I mean, only retribution is what I want. I want you to do a drive-by with my ashes in your car. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what I want. So that makes me want to throw up that you could hug the murderer of your brother and you know someone who is remorseless she has no remorse she you know if you remember that um her background is very questionable about uh how she feels about black people as well they you know they tried to scrub all of her um her uh, social media, but they still were able to find stuff. Uh, th you know, this is a hor horrible person who did a horrible thing. And it, murder is an unforgivable sin. Am I correct? I believe so. And especially in this case. And we really don't know everything that happened, uh, you know, what the total motives were and whatnot. But the last thing, it's one thing to forgive, and that's sketchy. But to hug the murderer of your brother is disgusting. And, you know, it just, when I heard that it happened, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Like, huh? You know, uh -huh. um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it was one of the worst moments in the history of bad moments. So, you know, and this, I think this is one of the trials that is going to stand out in American history for a right. number of reasons. First of all, how this killing happened. Right. Horrible. Right. How do you not know where, unless, and again, you're in, well, that's a whole other conversation where you know where you're living or not, et cetera. Second of all, the 10 years. Right. Third of all, the hug. Right. And, and, and the I'm, judge. And the and I'm trying to pull up that also that oh, video okay. too of the judge hugging also. There are so many dynamics about this. And then also one of the people who testified in the trial was shot and killed a few weeks ago. Yeah. This yeah, this <laughs> like, it, like it there's so many there's so many different dynamics, and I guess. Another interesting thing, it happened in Texas. In Texas. <laughs> Good old Texas. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I just, I don't know. The, 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 the uh, this is America is that song goes, but, but yeah, I think that this is really, really, really interesting how all the dynamics of this 
this trial. Um, forgiveness. No, that's a whole. That's a love. That's. I know it's a level of forgiveness that no most people of color would not get to. Right. Um. Once again, the only thing I could do is reiterate: don't forgive my killer. If I, God forbid, if I. <laughs> I'm telling y'all right now, so you don't have to wonder. Because you know, this is what they always say. This is how he would have liked it. You know, from hearing me, Kente would not like it. So, miss me with that crap about uh. Kente, this is what Kente would want. No, this is not what Kente want. Kente was a very vengeful person. <laughs> Kente, Kente loves revenge, and he wants revenge. <laughs> you know, so so, uh, so let me ask: if you had a chance to speak to Botham John's son, who did the hugging, well, that was his brother, judge, right? His brother, yeah, right. I think his younger brother, and and the judge. What would you say to them if you had a one-on-one -on -one with them? Um. What I would say to the judge would be different than what I would say to the brother. I don't think I would even say anything to the brother because what can you say, you know, to some to that, right? So I don't think I would even talk to him. The judge, on the other hand, needs to be removed. <laughs> she needs to be fired. She needs to never work again. This person is horrible. And, you know, like we need to make a um a mechanism to punish people who do stuff like this and so this judge there needs to be a movement to get rid of her you know uh i Let just me, can you know. i interject just for a second sure interesting enough that she has a very good relationship with the chief of police right they are they are deltas uh wait is um no is she's not said dr tachi's not here okay because <laughs> but then because i did see oh so big brad Dodd says so they give my daughter 14 years for drug charges and a murderer 10 years i don't get it makes no sense makes none it's horrible it, 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 ten years. It you know she's not doing 10 years no way no way and I know that huh, if she gets out early, you know they're going to keep that very much under the wraps. Yeah. It's going to be buried. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it, it, it's interesting how they prioritize crimes, you know, and how, you know, there's a whole thing put in place to protect police officers when they do these certain things. And this wasn't even on duty. This wasn't even like yes. something that was done on duty. Yeah. Even when you kill someone off duty in a totally, they're still going to protect you. That's ridiculous. Well, I think it's another conversation we should have. Um, so a gentleman who's been on the Dr. Vibe show a lot, uh, his name LaRon Barton. Mm -hmm. He made a comment a while back saying that he feels that the police are the most organized and biggest gang in North America. <laughs> yes. And they have power, like, you know, the police unions are, um, um, the police unions are very strong. And, the, you know, they're supporting Trump, of course. And uh, they're to the point where the mayor doesn't, can't fight them. You know, the mayor kowtows. I'm talking about in the, just about everywhere. And 
they're just too strong and there's no oversight. You know, there's really no oversight. And with uh, with this story at all, have you had conversations with anyone in your circle? Oh, yes. And what, um, are, what are their reactions? Discuss. Even, it's so funny. I, some would say I'm militant, right? And uh, so you could almost expect how I'm going to feel about it. Even the ones, that, like people I know who are not really, who are kind of like, just like, whatever, you know, I mean, just like, you know, they have the attitude like, oh, well, it's the mere bag of shells, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, even they were disgusted, you know, like even the ones that are not, you know, as quote unquote militant as I uh, felt disgust and just disbelief. And my thing is, it's never disbelief. And it's interesting when you have a mindset such as myself, like Trump being president, not surprising. This thing happening, it's not surprising. When I hear people who say, this is so surprising, I can't believe it. It's like, what planet do you live in? <laughs> like, it's not surprising at all. Why is it like, I'm not, I'm not a uh, psychic or anything. This is how business is. This is how business gets done. And people live their head in the sand until something happens in which they, they are made to feel like, you know, like, they'll have their wake up call, their wake up moment, you know? And it's just interesting how uh, some people just don't, you know, they, they, until something happens where they really see it, then it's like, Oh, wow. This, you know, this is affecting me. So. So I, I've been able to pull up the video of judge Tammy Kemp. Oh, okay. Let's do that. Uh, well, I, well, I, this isn't them. Well, this is embracing the family. I don't know if this contains the embracing of Rotham John's. Uh, I don't know. If, sorry, folks. I'm just taking a quick look. That's Judge Tammy. No, I have. I'll, I'll keep on looking for it, but she has taken. She has taken some heat also. But again, I've been watching some other um, commentary. And then when I found out that the judge and the chief of police are sort of like tight, that throws a whole nother layer on this conversation. Yeah. And then, you know, I know there's some people in sororities and fraternities, Greek especially, and, uh, you know, no disrespect to them. But the great Steve Coakley talks about <laughs> the, uh, the great Steve Coakley talks about uh, their relationship in our community and some of the things. So uh, I don't know if you are aware of Steve Coakley and his work. Okay, uh, I, I am. I do have the video ready to go now. So folks will put it on here. Mosaic. Okay, so there, there is the judge hugging the members of the family. 
I think that's Botham John's mother that he's that she's hugging right now. So I'm just giving a play-by-play -play for those who are either going to watch us on the replay or those who are, are listening via audio or watch a or listening via replay. Obviously, you can't see it, so I'm giving a play-by-play. -play. And let me just see if I can. Oh, okay. So here we are. She's talking to Amber Geiger. And uh, she's giving her some words of encouragement. Yeah, it's, and there they, there's the hug. <laughs> so let me ask people live or on the replay, when have you seen a murder trial where the convicted gets hugged by I've never seen it, uh, to be honest with you. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I've never seen it. And this is definitely not a good place to break new ground in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and I've seen uh, young men and women who, you know, get harsh sentences. And there's no, it's just lock away, throw away the key. Nothing, you know what I'm saying? And for this person who's a murderer who does not show any remorse or has never admitted to her crime, there's no hugging for that, you know? So, um, yeah. Just want to greet Mosaic Star. Thank you so much for drop, dropping in. B uh, big yeah. shout out to Mo Mosaic. Uh, she's a wonderful person from back in the Blab days. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Love her dearly. She's a sweet and wonderful person. Well, Mosaic, thanks Flint, for stopping. Too, by the way, he's from Flint, Michigan. Flint, our, well, in, another interesting city. Right, right. We need to do a conversation on that. Right? Yeah, we need. You know what? Actually, I I just thought about it. One of the lead, uh, a recent lady that I had on the on the conversation named Sean and Murray. She is very involved uh, in a, a foundation about providing healthy, clean water to people of color, especially younger people of color. And I think she has some involvement in Flint. And actually, she has an interesting background. Her grand-aunt was one of the co-founders of Motown. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Oh, so wow. I will yeah, she's involved with a number of different uh, causes. And I know that's one of them, the ARIA Foundation about clean water. So I will reach out to her and see if she can come on with both of us and, uh, and do a... And can, I know this is not the topic of the show, but it it's something that's just I have to say this. Like right now we're gonna we're going through an election, right? So are we. And right, right. And we have a lot of people running for the Democratic ticket, right? And my thing is this is if you can't if you can't say that you will provide clean water for an American city in a swing state, no less, why should I vote for you? If that's not one of your main things that you're going to fix, you know, why should I vote for you? You know, it brings, and we'll, we'll get back into the main conversation, but I think it brings up a good conversation topic at another time about what are we looking for from melanated people in office? Right. 
right? I, I got a lot to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so folks who are watching this live or, or and listen to this live or listening or watching on the replay, that will be our next conversation topic. Um, here in Canada, we're having a national election. Actually, the voting is on the 21st, which is Monday coming up. And I was having a conversation with a, a fellow colleague today. And what he's noticing is more and more melanated millennials getting involved in the political process. Right. So it, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And, um, I know you guys are rooting for your black prime minister to get reelected. Ah, stop. Well, you know what, <laughs> from what it's saying right now, he, it doesn't look like he's going to win a majority. So uh -huh. he, he's hoping to get, um, a minority government with, the NDP, which is a center left party. Mm. But if if he if the conservatives get a majority, he done. Mm. Oh wow. He done. He done. He done. He finished. But <laughs> that's poly tricks. That's gonna be for another conversation. Let's get back to the mm -hmm. hugging the hugging stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, what does it what do you feel like to me when I saw this story I'm going, what is going on with the state of state of race in America? Like, it's, it's, I don't, I'm just going, wow. Wow. Like, I heard some commentary saying, why are we, why are they hugging the oppressor? Right. Um, you know, some people are so disconnected from reality that they don't understand. Like, I wonder, the, like the brother and the family, do they understand what's really going on? Do they understand, you know, or, or then again, you don't know, did the city make promises that if you act in this certain way, we'll break you off some money, you know, uh, because, you know, I, I'm sure they have a suit go that's going to be going as well. So maybe that's a part of it, you know? So I don't know, but um, it's really sad though. Cause it's like your brother is dead. And when that's how you act and, you know, he was murdered. It's like, you can't even act right then. What can you say? You know? Mm. Well, we've got some people watching here still. Uh, we got Danny, we've got happy work weekend, Brad. Uh, what do you like? I think happy work. We said she wouldn't have done the hug thing. Danny, would you hug? Brad, would you hug? <laughs> Like, I'd really like to get others' opinions on, you know, would you have done any hugging? Well, look who's here. Well, Brad says no. Melvin Lars, what is going on? Well, he was in and out. He's back in. Jumping in, Mr. Lars. We'd love to get your take about the Amber Geiger. Like like, like I said, there's been there's so many complexities to that. Like, you, I can't wait for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, I'm welcome, hugger, anyway. I'm so up? much. I'm so much. I am a hugger. I love. <laughs> I love to hug people. Uh, that's one of the ways I show love to everybody, but not the person that murdered my brother. <laughs> hey, Ryan, you think, you think if somebody murdered Ryan, I'd be hugging? Good to see you. You know, you know the next question. The first question I'm going to ask you. Yeah. How's, How's my son? You better believe it. How's he doing? Oh, he's doing good. He's doing really good. Um, he is uh, 
Eating me out of house and home. <laughs> look, how, look how big he is. Hi. Hi. How's it going? What? <laughs> He's huge. Hi. Are you ready to be? Are you ready to look up to him one day? Well, you know what? He's um, there's Gunny in, in him, and his uh, <laughs> a lot of tall men on on his mom's side. So um, that's not too far fetched. Oh, good stuff, Ryan. Thoughts, yes. Thoughts on the Amber Geiger trial, if you haven't. Oh, my phone died. It's okay. Uh oh, I think we lost him. Yeah, his phone died. I wonder how so, the company dynamic was. So what I'm gonna do is I will just. Uh... Okay, and you know what's gonna happen? Okay. Let's... All right. Uh... And that. Why can't well Ryan's somehow in the room though he's not on? Look at that picture. Well, there we go. <laughs> so, I know, man. Yeah, that's a nice picture, huh? It is a serious picture, man. Yeah. That is that is that is a dude picture. Mm -hmm. the, the nice fade. Oh, check it out, man. Check it out. Check it out. So yeah, getting back to uh, the conversation here. Brad says no. He says he's not a hugger anyways. Melvin mm -hmm. Lars, if you're able to cam up, we'd love to have you come in. Your thoughts on the Amber Geiger, because uh, especially where you live in uh, Louisiana, I'm sure there's been some commentary about that. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a feeling Melvin could probably talk about cases that he's heard similar to that mm. in his time. But yeah, I'm I'm a like I said I I am a lover of people I want to see the best for people but not someone that does harm to my family. Okay, so then what do you what sentence do you feel she should have got? She should have got a life sentence. She murdered somebody in cold blood in their own home. She shouldn't be getting out ever. Like you don't walk into someone's house and murder them and go oops. <laughs> That makes absolutely no sense. You think if he had walked into her oh, house, right? exactly. Well, we don't. You, we don't have to go there, right? So, so why why should she get special treatment and get hugs on the way to jail? You know, like no, she should do hard time, and it should be for the rest of her life. And she should, and you know, she's gonna get out and she's gonna live her life, and then she's gonna do. Then she's probably gonna write a book about uh, you know and make money off of it so you know i'm sure that they probably she's probably gotten um like a lot of people don't know this uh the rodney king cops yep when they got out of jail uh they were millionaires because people had sent them millions of dollars i do remember that yeah so the phone the phone is good now yes how's it going Good. We're glad to have you back. What are your thoughts on the Amber Geyer trial, man? Uh, you know, it's very upsetting. Uh, I've, you know, I was following it and, you know, we know, we know that she was a known racist. I think that there was a culture in her, her police department, um, of racism. And, um, but the one thing that, I feel is that, you know, even black people are often quite forgiving. And uh, you know, we saw that in the trial. 
you know, of the, you know, the forgiveness that the power of forgiveness that we have, however, you know, um, when it comes to mercy for people within our community, uh, we don't really get that mercy. And, you know, it's a, it's a tragedy that the judge, I feel it's a tragedy that a judge went and hugged her and, you know, gave her a Bible. I think that there are some, there were some grounds that were, you know, some bare, I guess, you know, some grounds that were crossed that I, I don't think I would have done if I was in that position. Uh, you know, they murdered him. You know, I, Dr. Vibe, like, I can't help. I was just telling someone the other day that even though I live in Calgary, I don't want to drive my car at night. I don't want to go to the grocery store without other people being present. I'm so conscious about my anxiety about being a black man that you know you get afraid my you know my neighbor went away for a couple of uh couple of weeks and his bike got stolen first thing he comes up to me he says my bike got stolen i don't you know you don't even you get this anxiety you don't even know you know you, you feel like you did it even though you didn't do it and i i don't think that people realize like how stressful it is to be black a lot of people are scared of us but we should be the ones that are scared and the fact of the matter is someone walks in your home doesn't even give you the chance to have due process and kills you i think you know police judge should not be consoling that person you know that's up to their family and and what not to do i think that there needs to be a president a president that is set here that you know we need to talk about race and we need to educate our officers and our department on how to deal with different cultures i think that there is just i think at this day and age you know there needs to be some conversations and it can't be from the black community i think that in in the white community I think that they need to start talking to themselves and asking them if it's okay to kill people because this is it's not even just this trial doctor vibe. It's Let me the just, woman that got killed. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to bring that up. Atelia, just in the last week or so, the, sa the, the same thing happened, basically. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I have um, – remember I would talk about my uh, my mentors – Dr. Vibe, I didn't want to, I uh, just wanted to uh, introduce my, one of my mentors. She's staying with me for a couple of weeks, but uh, this is Ann Fitz. How you doing? Hey, Ann. Hi, how you doing? Good. Yeah, she's, she's done a lot for black community here in, in, in Calgary with her husband. That's from Chicago. Uh, I think, and uh, he's, uh, you know, he used to, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned that he used to, uh, uh, be the band leader. What, what did he do with Motown again? He's uh, um, he's the he was the band leader for Motown for many years, and now he's back with them with oh. the Fun Brothers. Wow! But wow. he's also he's all, always been a community activist. He was trained uh, by Dr. Martin Luther King himself. What? Wow! Okay, <laughs> Motown's coming up in this conversation a lot. That's a good thing. <laughs> so I just wanted, you know, Dr. Yeah. Vines, you know, I just wanted to introduce you guys. No, to that, that's, we, we, we need every ally we can get. Right. And, and the basis is we have to educate people of my color first. Mm. 
Amen. We're the, we're the cause of it, not you. Amen. Wow. Good stuff. Well said. Yeah. Well said. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, I wonder what would have happened in this trial if it was a black male that killed another black male. As a, oh, as a, if he was a police officer, they did that. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. he would have uh, got what he like because you know there's there's cases where black cops recently of um you know who they say that it was an accident or whatever murdered uh, people and they go straight to jail. It isn't all this. Well, let's wait and see and all of that. You know, my favorite. We'll wait and see. You know. Mm -hmm. And there's videotape of it, but we need to wait and see, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what are we waiting for? There's like a, there seems to be a, a pain threshold that there's this perceived pain threshold that black men seem to be able to um, have. I think we can endure more pain and we can endure more punishment. So had it been the roles reversed, I mean, we would have been, you know, in jail for, you know, 400 years or 600 years you know, double life or triple life, you know, because is you, you know, with a young woman, she's a young woman. I think she was, I, I don't know. She was in her thirties. Yes. So, mm -hmm. you know, for, it, could you imagine if I went into her house and killed her, you know, and you know, the sympathy given to me, I, I just think that um, for 10 years and then, you know, and then what, what was the guy's name that died? Uh, you know, the guy that testified. Right. Uh, witness, yeah. Can't remember his name. I'll pull it up soon, though. Right. But um, yeah. also just want to bring the hammer is here. Yeah. Elvin Lars is here. The hammer is here. Watch out, everybody. The hammer is here. <laughs> can't hear you, Melvin, though. Can't hear you. Uh -oh. yeah, I, he's, oh. you know, he's been having some challenges audio-wise over the last few weeks, so that's all right, but we we want to make sure that Melvin gets in because he can he will give his take from the deep south, which I have from a feeling. Deep south, yeah, yeah, from Louisiana, and I'm sure that he'll be able to give us some. Melvin, can you hear me, Doc? Yes, yes, we can. Okay. We're ready for you. You put the glasses on, so I'm, I got my armor on. <laughs> How you guys doing? Outstanding, <laughs> man. Outstanding. Well, Good Doc, you know what. You uh, brother Ryan, haven't met you, sir, but how are you? I'm doing good, my my brother. How are you doing? Listen, man, I cannot complain. I'm just I'm just happy I caught you guys earlier. I came on earlier looking for you, Doc, and you guys weren't on yet, and I thought I had missed you. So Ken Tate sent out a notice, and I happened to look up, and I saw Ken Tate's notice. I said, oh, okay, let me join these gentlemen. So I uh, th <laughs> thank you for that, Ken Tate. <laughs> All right. But, Doc, um, may I answer your question? No, you can get answered any way you want. <laughs> sadly, sadly, you know, I, I, I tell people about growing up in the Jim Crow South, this is a way of life in this area, and people do not want to accept that, and they keep trying to make excuses for it. But, uh, you know, I think I said to you guys once before, I, I love watching Westerns, and if you watch the Westerns, uh, unfortunately, our less melanated brothers are accustomed to murdering people. You know, from hanging people for something, talk about cattle rustling, they try to hang people. If you're a horse thief, they try to hang people. You know, if there's a culture of murder in this country, particularly in the Jim Crow South. 
So when you murder people of color, I mean, it's really no big deal. And and being a diversity trainer myself, and and I and I hear people say, you know, well, you know, uh, uh, less melanated people need to be uh, uh, talked to. They need to have the conversation. No, they understand quite well what they're doing, quite well, because most people, especially in the Bible Belt of the Jim Crow South, are just that. Bible-thumping, Bible-reading Christians, or so they say. Now, two things are very simple. Treat others as you wish to be treated. Who needs to, to have that explained to them? Second, God has no respecter of person. Who needs to have that explained to them? Thirdly, you are your brother's keeper. Who needs to have that explained to them? So, when we make these excuses for people murdering people because they choose to, then all we do is empower the perpetrator. You don't just, and, and I heard uh, Kente, I think, was saying, when I was tr trying to get on, you know, how you walk in somebody's house and kill them, talking about oops, and then you have this, this, this melanated judge hugging the woman and giving her, but that is atrocious. It is, it is sad, but what you guys will find when you you have so many enslaved people mentally. She thought that was okay. You know, oh Lord, let me hug Becky. You know, Becky, you, you I, wow. But she never thought about hugging the family of the man who lost his life. But you want to hug Becky and give Becky a Bible. Okay, so just let me interrupt. She did hug the family before she hu hu hugged Amber Geiger. She did hug that family. I must have missed that one. No, she but did. Yeah, she did. Before, yeah, before she hugged Amber Geiger, she hugged the family. She did yeah. do that. Wow. Well, you know what? I missed that. And, and, and that's even worse now, Dr. Vibe. I'm glad you told me. You know, why would you hug a murderer? <laughs> you are an officer of the court. So you go and hug the perpetrator and you got tears in your eyes. So what does that tell human beings is that as long, you know what? When you guys get an opportunity, look up the, the Black Code and uh, uh, because what the Black Code talks about, one thing it talks about is how slave owners and people that, quote, owned you could murder you and not be guilty because they were government officials and they work for you. So the police department in 2019 still works primarily the same way. When we hear attorneys come on and talk about where he, he or she was in her scope, or he or she didn't do anything wrong, they're referring to the black codes because you are a quote and somewhat a government official. So even though you murdered somebody, you're okay. And nobody wants to talk about that. So, you know, living here in this area and then seeing the cop in Fort Worth go and shoot this woman through her head in her own house, you outside, man. And talking about you saw, she was pointing a gun at the window. You're outside, it's a brick house step out of the way if you thought that. So it is nothing but a cover up and, and, and it's been going that way for so long in the Jim Crow South and people just continue to make excuses for it. Okay. Sorry, but that's that's the no, truth. No, 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 just want to shout out to Dante and so, so Steph. Welcome, 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 welcome. So Melvin, what should have happened to the that, that lady police officer? Just as it should have happened to any John Q citizen that commits cold-blooded murder. She should have been convicted in life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. Usually, usually they say you have to spend at least 25 years, even before anyone will even discuss that. 
she might do a year, two at the most, two at the most, and then she'll be quietly uh, sit someplace else or quietly move someplace to get another job. Or with the with with forty five sitting in the White House, she would probably have her sentence uh, uh, wiped away. Pardon. 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 Yes. Because and also too with the the way that the Supreme Court is now loaded conservative. I could see that that appeal could go right up to the Supreme Court. Absolutely, but but, but see, Doc and, and and gentlemen, that's you know what I say to people without being sarcastic. Follow the history. Follow the history. You know all of this stand your rule law and all of this stuff. Why doesn't work for people of color? When you have a guy that can murder Trayvon Martin and run around the country signing Skittles bags having his face plastered all over Facebook and things like that. And people think it's funny. And I think Kente alluded to the Rodney King gentlemen who are millionaires. So what does that say? That's what bothers me, gentlemen, about people of color. You know, is like, well, you know, uh, the, what about black on black crime? That's two different things. Crime is crime. So does that negate my responsibility not to murder? because I didn't murder a, a person of less melanation, which is which is exactly what they're saying. Okay, so you're upset because he murdered somebody of uh, that was black. No, I'm upset because he murdered somebody, period. Or right. she murdered somebody, period. But you, ha you have to be careful not to let people give you the smoke and mirrors because they want to change the narrative. So now they try to make you feel guilty for something that someone else did. And that's what people of color get duped into so many times. You know, kind of like, oh, well, I guess you know, you're not right. You're not right. She murdered the man in his apartment. The cop is outside in the yard. You call because the, uh, someone thinks maybe someone's in a woman's house. So why would you shoot in her house through a window, but then try to make an excuse about some gun? You know, and, and the level in which they insult our intelligence is just laughable. Sorry. No, no, sorry at all. That's good stuff. That is really good stuff. Anyone want to add on to what Melvin has just shared with us? No, I mean, uh, you're 100% right, Melvin. Uh, and as I was saying, and I guess I'll reiterate because new people in the room, if someone murders me, y'all better <laughs> not forgive them. I just want to make that clear. I'm not forgiving. It's definitely of my own murder. But, um, you know, it's, it's just sickening. And the the way I really believe that they are testing what we will put up with, talking about the absolutely. So they do it incrementally. And now they're like, oh, well, we can just send somebody into your church and murder everybody and y'all going to just hug them. You know, we can somebody can walk into your apartment and shoot them and you're just going to hug. Well, it's only going to get worse and worse, which it has been. <laughs> Until black people don't have a power base, we don't have the the will to protect our own communities. Uh, as black men, we don't protect our black women as well. And that stuff leads to our community not being strong. You know, you're not going to go in the Asian community and do that. You're not going to do in some of these other communities and do that. And we have to start taking pride in protecting our communities. And we have to form our own militias um, in our community. And now in, um, I believe it's in Dallas, 
they have the Huey P. Newton Gun Club. I don't know if you heard of them. These are brothers who who walk the streets protecting the community. And we really need to get to that. If you go back to the civil rights movement, you know, they don't tell you that they were armed and ready to protect, you know? And then there was this, um, this relationship between the black underworld and the civil rights movement where there was protection, you know? And uh, we need to get back to, to that, that um that overall protection and saying that you know what is not going to happen not on our watch you're not going to come and just murder us with impunity this is not going to happen we're not going to stand for it we're not going to be sidetracked by whatever stupid internet thing that comes out you notice how after something like this happens and there's some sort of stupid internet thing that now all of a sudden that's what we're focused on some crazy dance or some you know or something <laughs> like that you know it's like you know, we, we got to stop going for the banana in the tailpipe. Well put. Well put. Anyone wanted to add to that? I see nodding of heads. Anyone? So then <laughs> what, what is it going to take for melanated people to get to where Kinte says they need to be? Yeah, Chick-fil-A versus Popeye. Popeye's, right. yeah. They're like, how much noise about that stuff? Can, really? Can I just say something as a side note? For that to no, the, it's, a, it's a main note, not a side note. Uh, like that was one of the most dumbest things, and, and it was actually embarrassing. It was it was flat out embarrassing. That whole chicken sandwich it was, and I'm sitting there like, you know, wh- what we're chicken? Seriously? A yeah, sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. I don't even think they don't even sell them no more, right? <laughs> So what did they what did they make them just to we gotta quail these Negroes? <laughs> like we gotta come, we gotta pull this rabbit out the hat. <laughs> Cause I don't even think they sell them anymore, right? Well, was I, I, that think, of time. I, I think that you know I don't look at it as negatively um because what I'm what I'm noticing with my efforts online is that black people are dictating culture and we don't really understand the power of our own we don't even understand the equity of our voices and our experiences whether it's Popeye's chicken or whether it's talking about you know Black Lives Matter or whether it's talking about politics economics a lot of these conversations are being dominated by especially black women and that I've verified that research um, in the last few few weeks and what I'm saying is that, you know, whether it's uh, something that may be embarrassing to some or maybe that it's uh, more progressive or enlightening, we're still dictating the culture and we need to start valuing ourselves, our voices, our culture and our experience. And we also need to understand that we need to start thinking about ownership. You know, we need to own these these apartment complexes that these men are, you know, that, that where we're staying. We need to own stores. We need to own uh, property so that we can have more power, more say in what happens within our communities because we don't have anything. Therefore, we don't have clout. We don't have leverage. And that's the problem. I think what a number of melanin people need to realize is we don't live in a democracy. We live in a capitalistic system. 
right? Because protests ain't going to get you anywhere. No. Protest is supposed to be the jumping off point. Yeah, but people think that they think that's the be-all and end-all. Right. But you're yeah. protesting on streets that aren't owned by you. You're protesting in parks that are not owned by you. You're protesting in, in spaces that you have no control over where the people who own it say, you can't be here. Hmm. If they really wanted to say, you can't be here. You don't have a, you know, we don't want to give you a permit. A good question, a good conversation to have, and Melvin, I, I would hope you would join this, is, and I've been wanting to do this conversation, is, you know, the Black community is primarily Christian, right? And is there a disconnect between Black people practicing Christianity and freedom? And mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a conversation that really needs to be had. Now, in other communities, their religion doesn't doesn't um, deflect what they need to do to to, <laughs> to support their community. So are we practicing wrong? Is there some kind of, you know, like it, it's a great conversation to have. How We're do you have that? Yeah. How do you have freedom and be, and because you, cause I really believe you religion, if you look out through the history of, of our people, we've always had a strong base when it comes to religion, right? Yeah. Uh, spirituality, all of that going to Africa and beyond. But why is it that it seems like it, for us, religion seems to be in hindrance in some ways to really going for what we need to as far as freedom? Just to add on, um, so so Steph says, I keep telling you that equality and capitalism cannot coexist. And you have mentioned that before, and I'm taking it down. We are going to do that as a conversation piece. It, ha- it has. I think it's a very important conversation that equality and capitalism can't, they can't coexist. Right. Because capitalism needs that lower class to be fed, to be, to feed from basically, let alone not just food wise, but money wise, economic wise, political wise, etc. cetera. Uh, Mosaic star saying it's better to be better to be bought out than pushed out. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be. How can I say? I used to say I'd I'd rather be at the table than on the table. But now I want. I say I want to build my own table. Right. Or, or as I say, is I, I'd rather be the green light than waiting for a green light. Exactly. 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 Ryan is back with us. Uh, yeah, I, I think. And people say, well, you veered off into another topic, but no, this has very much relationship to what goes on in the courtrooms. What goes on with the justice system. They're correlated. Melvin, go ahead. But you know, guys, if, 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 as we talk about what goes on in the courtroom and, and, and also what uh, uh, our, our friend Kente is saying is that people cherry pick religion all of the time. And all, all, all of the stuff about, and, and there's a verse, I can't think uh, I, right now, I'm having a senior moment, but when it says, pray for those that despitefully use you. So we take that out of context. It doesn't mean to become a floor mat. You know, people say, well, if he slaps this cheek, turn the other cheek. I am. As I'm swinging back, as I'm slapping back, the other cheek will be turned, but it will not be turned to receive punishment. So we have to be very careful with that as people because we don't know who we are. We, we constantly apologize for being disenfranchised and being mistreated. 
we all we don't have to look no further than our own living rooms we don't have to look any further than with colin kaepernick people start being angry with colin kaepernick because he was trying to enlighten them okay we have this so somebody at, you know and he has it right if you pull right now right now as an old athlete you pull these black boys out of these white colleges and off these nfl teams you'll stop 90 percent of this foolishness right mm -hmm. now because they they understand capital they understand money right these guys right. are making these guys trillionaires because people are looking for entertainment and the the, the athletes of color uh as it appears are the far superior athletes so people cheer and clap in one hand and call you the n-word with the next voice but what do we do we vilify kaepernick instead of embracing the fact that yeah black men are being shot down every day uh, almost every day people and, are being murdered almost every and day black women. And black women yes and black women so so what do we do as a people then we criticize Kaepernick. well maybe he he, he should have done it. he should do, uh, no 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 when is time to say to people i'm not a, a doormat stop wiping your feet on me i'm not having it anymore i'm not taking it so we have seen an entire history of this whole craziness and again dr vibe let me say this very quickly and i'm a, i'm going to continue to go on record to say this when i was a young boy i jim brown you couldn't have put a, a another person in front of me that i admired more than jim brown because of his stance and for you to make a complete 180 and go against everything that you say you believe in and you yourself criticize Kaepernick and talk about, oh, I wouldn't disrespect my flag and all this kind of craziness when it had nothing to do with that. All of us understood and understand very clearly that it had nothing to do with the flag. It was simply about all these murders and everybody know that, but they keep trying to have conversations around that instead of coming to the, to the crux of what's happening. So as, as Kente was talking about uh, Christianity, and 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 that kind of thing is that we allow ourselves to be brainwashed to say we all say that we're christians but the other christian who's less melanated can do whatever he wants to me then i being a christian am supposed to allow him to do that that's insanity right. is what that is all right because kkk members are christian as well and yes yeah. and but when for a lot of us, our Christian faith makes us docile in a way. And um, it's a, I don't want to get too much into it because I feel like that should be a whole conversation. It will mm -hmm. be. I got the notes on it. I got notes on it. But just so-so Steph is dropping knowledge bombs as always. She's the greatest contributor without being on screen when it comes to my conversations. She says the main problem within the Black American community is that I sense a sense of identity is newly formed. And when something is new, there are a lot of things that need to be ironed out for blacks uh, for blacks from the Caribbean, Africa, etc. Their culture is solidified in a way that American black people haven't been able to because of white dominance from a cultural sense. Eh, I don't know about that last part. <laughs> I don't know, about, but, but that's a that's a conversation piece. So um, Melvin and Ryan, you came on later. What are your thoughts about the whole NBA in China? But can I wait, wait, real quick? Can I say something to what she said? I, I think I understand what she's saying because that you guys, because you guys are both from y'all have Jamaican um, 
ancestry. Well, no, I'm sorry. He, you do, and he's from Trinidad, right? I believe so. And so I think I understand what she's trying to say with that is that that um, in a lot of ways, African American blacks, well, Af- African Americans are missing that kind of cultural thing that because um, a lot of ours is linked to this place where America. Right. Yeah. So I understand what she's saying uh, when it comes to that. Uh, so but, you know, like with any group, you know, we have our issues. So and same thing with you guys well, as well. Well, and, you know, that brings up the, another conversation piece. Are African-Americans more African or American? Right. And you guys have your flag. <laughs> Like or or neither. <laughs> yeah, you, you see, like like she said, we really have nowhere to look. So like our flag is United States of America. You have your Trinidad flag. You have your Jamaican flag. Um, yeah. No, oh, yeah. I would say that I have the Marcus Garvey flag. So <laughs> it's my flag. But um, you know. The no, problem. That's, that's good. I, I, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, all I'm going to say about that is. That- I live in Calgary, Alberta, where there are multiple cultures and subcultures. Uh, I, I have to say that, you know, I think black the black community in general is is, is highly fragmented and a lot of division. There's so many things dividing us. You think of William Lynch manifesto, uh, you know, uh, there's so many different layers of division. Uh, and it's really hard to really find some way of solidifying a group of people that are so diverse, right? Uh, I don't think that there's a lot of unity in, in Trinidad, Trinidad, Trinidadian culture. I mean, you're, you're talking about Trinidad and a lot of these Caribbean islands that are, you know, formal, former British colonies. And I think right. worse when it comes to identity. I think we still want to be... <laughs> you know, ruled by the queen in some respects, you know? So <laughs> I, honest to God, I think people preach about freedom, but you know, when it comes down to it, we're even, we're not as progressive, especially in Canada when it comes to race. Well, see, um, I'm going to jump in here because it's always interesting when I hear people talk about black community and I say, where's that? Because I think there, there are more silos than communities. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. I've, well, we're going to start. No, with you. I concur. I concur. If we look at our history, the the whole slave trade, it was orchestrated. They would they would get quote tribes from various areas to create that divide because of the difference in language and the whole nine. They would not do large concentrations of the same tribes in various areas. So they would mix three, four, five, six different tribes, especially coming to the Americas. Now, I don't, I, I haven't, I should study the whole history, but especially coming to the Americas. So there is a lot to be said that is not for the conversation for tonight. Right. But even though we are African, there are a lot of, we have a lot of diversity within ourselves. And I think that some of you guys have said that already, possibly before I arrived. So th- that's another conversation for another time. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm typing. I'm typing down and, all the and, conversation. And also, as a side <laughs> note, not every black person or African came here through the slave trade. There was, there right. was uh, plenty of black people that were here pre-Columbus. So, and they yes. weren't all, you know, they. Uh, that's why we have pyramids here. <laughs> you know, 
Well, yeah. we're going to start winding it down, but mm -hmm. I'm going to ask Ryan and Melvin your thoughts on the whole NBA and China controversy and also the pushback a lot of people are giving LeBron James. So who wants to go first on the NBA, China, and LeBron? I'll let Melvin go first. <laughs> well, actually, Melvin hadn't been following that very closely. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I, I saw some excerpts. But I haven't followed it very closely, so I don't even know if I can speak intelligently okay. to that whole conversation. All right. Ryan, anything you have to say on that one? I, I'm the same as uh, Melvin. I've seen excerpts. Um, I've heard people uh, talk about censorship, um, et cetera. But I'm not – I don't think I'm – I know the subject well enough to be able to weigh in intelligently. No problem. I just wanted to put it out there well, to make sure. Yeah. I, I, I'll, say, I'll say this once again. There's some new people here. Is Hong Kong ain't never said nothing about black people. Uh, so why would I care, uh, to be honest with you? That's their fight. We got our fight. So I'm not saying that I'm, you know, more power to them. And was China's done raping Africa? Miss me with that. So... If LeBron has nothing to say about it. I'm with him on that because, uh, you know, you know, more power to him. But black people, man, black people getting murdered in a in a apartments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the judges is hugging the murderer. We worried about <laughs> Hong Kong. Seriously. Miss me with that. <laughs> OK, well, on that note, we are going to end it off. Um, the first of many conversations uh, <coughs> myself and Mr. Kinte are going to be hosting. The series is called Black Men from North of the 49th and Black Men from South of the 49th. So, and again, the reason why we're calling that, uh, the 49th parallel divides Canada and the U.S. I'm north of it in Toronto, Kinte's south of it in Cali. So uh, I'd like to say thanks for everyone who tuned in. Thanks uh, for hanging for all the technical challenges we cited on one stream and we had to go to another stream but thank you for hanging in there it's appreciated not taken for granted so first things first melvin if people want to find out more information about you where can they go thank you dr vibe I, I, if they want to find more information about me if you go to www.dyingonmyfeet.com once you arrive you'll find all of my social media sites there look forward to meeting some of you guys Excellent. Mr. Ryan. Yes, you guys can find me. Um, I have two businesses. You can, if you're looking for marketing services, you can go to www.bowtiecreative.com for your marketing. Um, uh, or you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I have a an account devoted to black history and excellence. Uh, it's called Hustle Zone TV. It's booming. We get followers every day. We get more engagement than Kim Kardashian and any of the celebrities combined. You know, there is a... Without collagen? Without any, without any enhancement? Without any breast implants? Without any <laughs> surgery? Without, you know, without getting dirty and down and dirty? So, you know, all we do is post excellence and literally every single day... Uh, we get more than a thousand likes because it's something that um, the black community wants to see. They want to see excellence and doesn't matter what community you're from. And I feel like it uh, promoting history and excellence unite us. 
So you know, we're, just, we're leading that charge, and and hopefully we can develop this into something a little bit more substantial. Wonderful, brother Kinte. Big ups for you for joining me in tonight, and looking forward to continuing the journey with you. How can people touch base? With Before you? I say that, can I um, take a moment to recognize the two men that are in this chat? Yes, um, absolutely. I'm gonna start off with Ryan. Uh, Ryan, I'm just so proud of what this dude is doing. I mean, I remember when he first started talking about it. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't quite sure what he was talking about. Uh, and then it's just, you know, blossomed so well. And I'm just like so amazed. And, and I'm not surprised because he's a hard worker. And his brother, you know, he really does his thing. And um, if you guys are not aware, I'm going to reiterate once again, Check out what this brother's doing. It is so amazing. And, you know, he has the secret sauce. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to give it to you, but he definitely has it. So definitely check out what Ryan's doing. And um, and I have to, I probably sound like uh, Melvin's PR person. And he don't even know you, Melvin. But I, every chance I get, I love to talk about what you're doing. And uh, I hate that normally on Fridays, I'm, I'm um, either working or something is going on, but this man's program is nothing short of amazing. He has some of the best guests you're going to ever see. And I mean, you, you just had Billy white shoes, John Johnson, right on your show, right? Oh, it's tomorrow. 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 Okay. Tomorrow at 12 okay. noon. It's 12 noon central, 12 noon central and 1 PM Eastern. Okay. So that's, uh, 10 my time okay that's pretty early um i'm a, i might be in the car uh watching it <laughs> but um you look i know i sound like a broken record if you are not aware of brother melvin if you're not subscribed to his channel please make sure you do you will not be disappointed this man has wonderful guests very insightful i just love your program and i am a big fan of your work sir so um Definitely well, check this brother out. He, uh, I mean, like it, it's it's an embarrassing uh, that how much like I I want so much for people to really understand how great your your work is, and I'm so happy for you. And I guess, um, you. you know anything I can do to help support any either any of you, please let me know. Um, you can find me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, uh, the website is IndyRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y radio.org. That is fantastic. I will just add on to another layer of pancakes that Kente's put on there. I remember the first time I met Ryan on another platform. Never forget that conversation. And uh, I, I add on, they're just very proud. And uh, I know most importantly, the most important thing to Ryan is this. Yeah. So that to me is the number one thing. Melvin also, um, I, I can both say with both of them, I knew you when. So <laughs> it's, it's good to see Melvin, my mentor, uh, very happy to see. What are you doing? You are my mentor. <laughs> I am just a guy, man. I'm just a guy, but very happy for all the wonderful stuff that all three of you gentlemen are creating. And uh, 
I can only say don't quit. Too legit to quit. In the words of the great prophet uh, MC Hammer. You got it. I'd like to thank everyone that's still on here. Happy work week, Brad, Dante, Social Steph, Danny was on earlier. Uh, Some other people are on. Uh, Lokesh was on earlier on. So big shout out to Lokesh, uh, the IT guy from Get Vocal. Thank goodness he lives in Toronto. (laughs) And, And also... Uh, Tiffany Rochelle and um, Ahmed Hazel Jr., our senior, on the Facebook Live. As always, if you want to touch base with me, the best place to be is the drvibeshow.com. As always, you're blessed and highly favored. You're a magnet for miracles. You're a solution for someone's problem. Then we have live your life as a dream. If you can dream it, you can make it. Sometimes you have to get small to get stronger, block assumptions, and then finally, Aim bigger, aim better, aim higher, aim wider. Follow everyone you see on this screen, please, and thank you. And Kent and I will have more epic conversations coming up very soon with some of the topics that were brought up here tonight that we didn't get a chance to expand on. God bless. Peace and well. Good night, everyone.